Hi everyone, welcome to the Yukon Internal Medicine Ambulatory Podcast Series. This is Juan Chango, one of the chief medical residents. This is the second part of the perioperative management topic. Today we will talk about preoperative evaluation with a focus on cardiac risk assessment. Please check out our last week's episode in which we discuss the perioperative management of non-cardiac conditions. Let's discuss the perioperative cardiovascular risk assessment. Major adverse cardiac events or MACE include myocardial infarction or cardiovascular death within 30 days of surgery. The risk depends on the surgery itself, the patient's risks, and the patient exercise capacity. A. Let's talk about surgery risk. Surgeries can be defined as low, moderate, or high risk. Low-risk surgeries have an overall risk of MACE of less than 1%, and high-risk surgeries have a MACE risk greater than 5%. Low-risk surgeries include most ambulatory procedures, cataract surgery, breast surgery, and endoscopic procedures. Low-risk surgeries in patients without cardiovascular symptoms do not require preoperative risk assessment. Therefore, it becomes important to inquire regarding worrisome symptoms such as shortness of breath, chest pain, palpitations, and others. Further workup is needed with the presence of worrisome features such as recent coronary artery disease, heart failure class 4, symptomatic valvular disease, particularly aortic stenosis and mitral stenosis, and conduction abnormalities. An EKG can be considered by most clinicians in patients with a history of cardiovascular disease. However, the American College of Cardiology, or ACC, recommends no routine preoperative EKGs in the absence of symptoms. Moderate risk surgeries include intraperitoneal, orthopedic, head and neck surgeries, and others. High risk surgery includes supraanguinal peripheral arterial procedures, aortic surgery, thoracic surgery, transplant surgery, and some others. There are multiple tables available to check for the type of surgery and its risk, for example, from the European Society of Cardiology when in doubt of this classification. The ACC and AHA guidelines have simplified the classification into low risk, greater than 1% MACE, or an elevated risk, which is more than 1% of MACE. B. Let's discuss how to assess a patient's surgical risk depending on the patient's own risk factors. We discussed how surgeries have their own risks depending on the type of procedure to be performed. Patients can have different risks as well, and they can fall into a low, moderate, or high-risk category. There have been multiple studies or cohorts in which the determination of risk factors was evaluated. In 1999, the Revised Cardiac Risk Index, or RCRI, was published to becoming the most validated and widely used tool for cardiovascular preoperative risk assessment. The risk factors that the RCRI evaluates includes 1. High-risk surgery, defined as intraperitoneal, intrathoracic, or supraingual vascular surgery. 2. Ischemic heart disease that could include a history of myocardial infarction, positive stress test, angina, use of nitroglycerin or ECG with Q-waves. 3. History of congestive heart failure, either systolic or diastolic and defined as a known history of congestive heart failure, physical examination with bilateral crackles or S3 gallop, 
or a chest radiography with evidence of pulmonary edema. Fourth, history of cerebrovascular disease, which could mean either a stroke or transient ischemic attack in the past. Five, insulin therapy for diabetes. And six, preoperative creatinine of more than 2 mg per deciliter. Depending on how many of these risk factors are present, the rate of maze increases. Further analysis of the RCRI done by combining data from four prospective studies in one retrospective study has led to higher estimates of risk. For example, zero risk factors equals 0.4 risk in the old analysis and 3.9% in the combined data. One risk factor equals 0.9% and 6.0%. Two risk factors equals 6.6% and 10.1%, and three plus risk factors equals 11% and 15% risk. The RCRI score and the percentage risk should be informed to the patients when we are having a conversation about the risks and benefits of surgery. Some of our preceptors may recommend us to describe this risk and percentage in the preoperative note and mention something like, This is a low-risk patient for a moderate-risk surgery. This can help giving a bigger perspective of the relationship between the patient and the surgery risk assessment. There are other scales used for the assessment of surgical risk, such as the American Anesthesiology Association Scale, or ASA, the National Surgical Quality Improvement Program, or NSQIP, the GUPTA, or MICA, which stands for Myocardial Infraction and Cardiac Arrest Index was created using the NSQIP risk factors and determined that five independent risk factors were associated with MICA. Those factors include, first, the ASA class, second, the dependent functional status, third, an increased age, four, creatinine more than 1.5, and five, the type of surgery. There is another score, which is the AUBPOCES, which is a new index that was developed by the American University of Beirut, and this is quite interesting. It will need prospective validation, but seems to be superior retrospectively to the RCRI. C. Let's discuss the performance status. Functional status can be determined by asking some questions to our patients. Historically, the metabolic equivalents or METs have been used to determine such a status. If a MET is 4 or more in general, it represented an adequate status for surgery. 4 METs would be walking up a flight of steps or a hill, or walking at ground level at 3 to 4 miles per hour. However, the METs prospective study in 2018 demonstrated that the assessment of preoperative functional capacity by METs did not accurately identify patients with poor cardiovascular fitness or predicted postoperative morbidity and mortality. Therefore, the use of more standardized models, such as the Duke Activity Status Index, can be more beneficial. Finally, let's quickly review the 2014 ACC-AHA guideline algorithm on perioperative cardiovascular evaluation and management of patients undergoing non-cardiac surgery. If our patient is scheduled for surgery with known or risk factors for CAD, we think first if the surgery is emergent. If it is, we do a clinical risk stratification and the patient proceeds to surgery. If the surgery is not emergent, the next step is to assess for acute coronary syndrome or ACS. 
If we suspect ACS, we evaluate and treat according to goal-directed medical therapy first. If there isn't ACS or if it is treated, we proceed then to estimate the perioperative risk of MACE using one of our validated tools, such as the RCRI. If the risk is low, no further testing is needed and the patient can proceed to surgery. However, if the risk is elevated, the next step is to evaluate the functional capacity. If the functional capacity is excellent or good, which means more than 4 METs, no further testing is required and the patient can proceed to surgery. If the patient capacity is low, which will be less than 4 METs, we decide if further testing would impact our decision. If we think that testing could affect our decision, we can perform a pharmacologic stress test. If the stress test is abnormal, we proceed with coronary revascularization according to the current clinical practice guidelines. If the stress test is normal, or if we believe that further testing wouldn't impact our clinical decision-making, proceed to surgery according to GDMT or alternative strategies. It is definitely easier to look at the algorithm than listen to it. Please take a look and become familiar with it. This is all for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Please remember that we are available in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other platforms as well. We will see you in our next episode. Goodbye.